The Word of God is living. It is powerful, infallible, indestructible, incorruptible, and it will work mightily in me. And now, your host, Pastor Jerry Maya Williams, from the service already in progress. Would you open your Bibles with me for a few minutes this morning? Oh, that was so good, Kian. I guess it is recorded because it'll be on the live stream. It's on the live stream, so you can go back to YouTube and listen to it again. All right. Genesis chapter 1. I've been talking about guilt, and I'm still talking about guilt. And today, well, last week, I talked about the source of guilt. And I took you in the word of the Lord. Let me have some water. I took you in the word of the Lord to show you that we are the source of our guilt. So the source of guilt, you can take it back. She started talking about that strawberry Kool-Aid. That's probably where Kool-Aid was invented. The source of guilt that you feel, it isn't God. And don't get mad at me, nobody, but it's not even the devil. It's not other people, even though you've been blaming them. The source of guilt that you feel is you. Huh? So guilt is not only what we think about what we've done, but guilt is also how we feel about the very actions that has resulted in our self-condemnation. You know, we're good at beating up on ourselves. You don't need anybody else to do it because you're doing a good job yourself. Just beating up on yourself. And when you beat up on yourself, I want you to know you're dishonoring God because you are his workmanship, created unto good works. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 on that one. So whether you've done something wrong or not, that's not the issue when we're dealing with guilt. Um, if you believe you've done something wrong, then your guilt feelings are still unavoidable. So what produces this guilt? Here in Genesis chapter 1, verse 31, this is at the end of the sixth day of creation. God had already created Adam and Eve. And in verse 31, then the Lord saw that everything he had made, and indeed, it was very good. Let me, let me say that again. If God made it, it's very good. How many believe God made you? If God made you, then in the sight of God, in the eyes of God, you are very good. Chapter 2, verse 25. Genesis Chapter 2, verse 25. Now, this is after the serpent deceived the woman, after Eve was beguiled, and she ate of the tree that God told them not to eat of. Well, actually, this is before they ate of the tree. Verse 25 says, and they were both naked, the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? The man and his wife were naked. They didn't feel any guilt. They didn't feel any shame. And the reason they didn't feel any guilt or any shame is because 
they didn't make any judgments. And that's where we get in trouble. We make judgments, and then the guilt ensues. It follows right after those judgments. But here Adam and Eve could be naked and not feel any guilt and any shame. That's because they hadn't made a judgment apart from God. Then when you go to chapter 3 of Genesis, chapter 3, Now here, the serpent has deceived the woman or is deceiving the woman. And in verse 5, he says, For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So how is it that we can disobey God and be better off for it? That's what the serpent was telling Eve. So the serpent is telling Eve, You can make a judgment apart from God. You don't need God. And God knows this. So when your eyes are open, you're no good and evil, just like God. So you really don't need God. Then look at verse 7. Now, they disobeyed God. They've been tempted to make a judgment apart from God, and now they will fall into the temptation of making judgments apart from That's where we get in trouble, beloved. We make judgments about stuff that God never made judgment about. Okay, I'm doing good. What would I do without Janelle? A better question is, what are y'all going to do without Janelle? I'm just saying. All right, verse 7 again. Then the eyes of both of them were open, open. And they knew that they were naked. And they'd sewed fig leaves together. And they made themselves covering why did they know they were naked when God never told them they were naked? They made a judgment apart from God. And as a result of making that judgment apart from God, guilt is now produced, nakedness, shame, guilt. So when it comes down to it, beloved, when we look at the Genesis story of Adam and Eve, we see there's only two paths in life. There's the path of righteousness, and there's the path of unrighteousness. For example, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 18 says that the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn that shines brighter and brighter until, until the full day. In other words, until the perfect day. When you're walking on the path of righteousness, your path becomes brighter and brighter. But when you decide to walk on that path of unrighteousness, all of a sudden things become dark and gloomy. You see, the path of unrighteousness is, is dark, doom and gloom. It, it's a dangerous path. It's a path that leads to destruction. And this is what Adam and Eve found out. 
But the path that God wants us to walk on is the path he set Adam and Eve on from the very beginning. This path had so much righteousness, so much light of God, they were naked and they didn't even know they were naked. So the path of righteousness is a clear path. It's a path that's full of light. I don't know how many of you experienced this where you're walking in the dark, perhaps in your home when the lights were out, or perhaps you're outside walking on a path. When you can't see your way, you always stumble and fall. You always stub your toe or something. That's because you don't have that path of light. But the path of the righteousness, and you are the righteousness of God, and the path of the righteousness is like the light of dawn. It shines brighter and brighter until the perfect day, the full day. John chapter 1, 1 John chapter 1, verse 7 tells us, but if we walk in the light, as he is in the light... We have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. There is a path of unrighteousness, and then there's a path of righteousness. And we're called to walk on that path of righteousness. But many times we get pulled off that path, just like Adam and Eve did, because we're listening to the wrong voices. Somebody told you, you weren't nothing, and you believed it. Somebody told you you didn't amount to this, that, or the other, and you believed them. Somebody told you because of some sin or transgression that may have occurred in your past, somebody's told you that you're going to pay a price for it in your present and your future. When God says, I have not remembered your sins, and I will not remember your sins no more. But see, you got off that path of righteousness listening to the lies of somebody who was not the voice of God. They only pretended to be. Maybe they were wolves with sheep clothing, or maybe they were cloaked with religion. Maybe you felt like you should give them some kind of deference or respect. No, the deference and respect belongs unto God and his word, not other people. People get you messed up every time. And you wonder, how did I get on this path of unrighteousness? This path of all this darkness, this doom and this loom. That's a dangerous path. In order to walk in the path of righteousness, we have to walk in the light as he is in the light. And then we have fellowship with one another. And his blood, the blood of God's son, cleanses us from all sin. So how do we really walk in the path of unrighteousness? We do just the opposite that Adam and Eve did. Now listen to me very carefully. How do you walk in the path of unrighteousness? Well, Jesus told us this in the Gospel of John, chapter 7, verse 24. The Jews want to kill Jesus because he healed a man on the Sabbath day. And Jesus said to them, do not judge after appearances, but judge with righteous judgment. Just because your law says that the Sabbath day is a day of rest, no work should be done on the Sabbath day, and I heal a man on the Sabbath day, why are you judging me to be worthy of death? You are judging based on an appearance rather than basing this on what's really in the heart of God. 
So Jesus said to them, judge, do not judge with appearances, but judge with righteous judgment. See, every one of us has been guilty of that at one time or another. We saw something and we made our judgments and we said, yeah, I know I'm right because I saw it with my own eyes. Who are you going to believe, God or your lying eyes? Who are you going to believe? Jesus told those Jews, you want to kill me because you're believing your lying eyes. I didn't kill a man on the Sabbath day. I healed a man on the Sabbath day. I gave a man life on the Sabbath day. Do not judge according to appearances, but judge with righteous judgment. See, when we judge according to the appearances, it gets us in trouble all the time, not only with other folk, but it gets us in trouble with ourselves because then we begin to deny the very truth of God in us. We begin to deny what God has said about us. God said, you are the righteousness of God. God said, you are holy. God says, you're more than a conqueror. God says, you are above and not beneath. God has said, you are the head and not the tail. He didn't say, tuck your tail. He says, you are the head and not the tail. But why are we feeling this way? Why are we feeling inadequate some days? Why are we feeling weak some days? Why are we feeling like we may not make it some days? It's like the pastor that eulogized our sister at the funeral yesterday. He said he would ask her many days. Now, this sister was bound in a wheelchair. He would ask her many days, how do you feel? She says, well, I'm doing fine, but I don't feel good. See, some of you didn't catch that. I'm doing fine, but I don't feel good. In Christ Jesus, every one of you are doing just fine. Maybe you don't feel good, but don't judge based on the feeling. Make your judgment based on what God said. Stick with, I'm doing fine, and I'm more than a conqueror. Huh? Huh? Why would you deny all you are, all God says you are, all that the gospel says you are, and the gospel says you are that right now, here and now. You're that. But we're judging by appearances. And Jesus taught us not to do that. See, when you're judged by appearances, you're producing your own guilt. Huh? We're called to make righteous judgments. We're called to make righteous judgments. And let me show you how to do that. Remember when Jesus was in the wilderness being tempted of the devil for 40 days. The first temptation that Satan brought to Jesus, the tempter came to Jesus and said that he had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. He was hungry, the Bible says. And the first temptation that the tempter brought to Jesus was if you be the Son of God, then command these stones to be made bread. That's what you need when you're hungry, bread, something to eat, to quench your hunger. But Jesus said, it is written. He quoted from Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone. Don't miss this, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We are not to live by appearances, 
We are to live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Is that right? Our judgment should not be based on good and evil. See, that's what God told Adam. He gave the commandment to Adam. He said, of every tree of the garden, you may freely eat. But the tree in the middle of the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, he says, do not eat of that tree, for on the day you do, you shall surely die. But Jesus said we should make our judgments based on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So our judgments based on good and evil, or our judgments based on right and wrong. Those are not the judgments God wants us to make. He wants us to make judgments according to every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You know, every talk to every, any Christian. They all got their mind made up about what's wrong, what's right. But ask him, give me a scripture. Where is that in the Bible? I saw on television, I believe it was last week, a congressman, I forget what state he was from, but he was, a, he was an Asian congressman, and he stood up in the, the house floor. He stood up in the well of the house floor to make his speech, and they were debating LGBTQ rights or something. And he says, I want to read to you from the Bible what Jesus said about homosexuality. So he opened his Bible and he just, he was just silent. And when his time was up, he said, I yield my time back. The point is Jesus didn't say anything. So why are we making all these judgments? Why are we making all these judgments? I don't have a problem with somebody that's gay because I'm not gay. Let me say it again. I don't have a problem with somebody that's gay because I'm not gay. You see? And we got to leave people alone, and we got to believe the Word of God. Here's what the Word of God says. God will judge his people. Let me say it again. Hebrews chapter 10. God will judge his people. But he didn't say, I want my people to judge the other people. He didn't say that. We must live according to every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And beloved, this isn't taking sides with an issue. This is being on God's side. This is staying on the path of righteousness. Care how holy you say you are. Somebody think they're more holy than you. But what did God say? What did God say? He said we are not to base our lives on good and evil. We're not to base our lives on right and wrong. We are to base our lives on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Why? Because good and evil, right and wrong, results from death. It produces death. God says if you eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and the day you do, you shall surely die. I want to live, not die. And the way I live is walking in the path of righteousness. But if I base my life on judgments about right and wrong, good and evil, I'm going to produce guilt. And it's going to be manufactured against somebody else or it's going to affect myself. And God didn't design me for guilt. I'm not built for guilt. You, you mental health professions, professionals and those of you, the therapists, you know the human body. 
the, the, the mind, soul, and spirit is not even built for guilt. We're not built to handle guilt. That's why so many people stressed out. So many people attract different sicknesses and diseases because they're guilt-ridden. And we need to unload that guilt. I'm not designed to carry that. But I am designed and call, and I've been charged to carry God's word. So I want to walk the path of righteousness, and I want to live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You see, God is eternal. God is life. There's no death in eternal life. you got to make your mind up right now. You want to live, you want to die. The Lord tells us the secret. You want to live, you want to die. He said, okay, if you want to live, don't mess with that stuff called good and evil. Don't make judgments I didn't tell you to make. When Adam and Eve were naked and the voice of the Lord came in the garden, the cooler today, God cried out for Adam. Adam, where are you? Adam said to God, I hid myself because I was naked. God said to Adam, who told you you were naked? I never told you that. So you're feeling guilt, Adam. You're feeling shame. You're feeling anguish and remorse. All because of something you did, not because of something I said. Amen? So righteousness, or should the righteous, we don't judge by appearances if we want to be like Jesus. Turn to, in closing, turn to Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 11. This could be a strong word for some religious Christians because, you know, you, you dug in. You're embedded in that tradition. I know what I saw. But do you know what God said? Jesus clearly told the Jews that were trying to kill him, do not judge by appearances but judge with righteous judgment. And righteous judgment is God's judgment according to his word. So the righteous, they don't judge by appearance. And I know it's hard. It is really hard. You see somebody acting a certain way and you already you just judge them. It's like your human nature. But see, that's our challenge to walk in the spirit so we don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. But how many want to be like Jesus in here say amen? Huh? WWJD, what would Jesus do? Huh? Are you, with, are you still with me? All right, WWJD, what would Jesus do? Let's read about it. In Isaiah chapter 11, here's a prophecy of Jesus, the Messiah, who will come and has come. Here the prophet says in chapter 11, verse 1, there shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots, and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge, and of the fear of the Lord. Now these are the seven spirits of the Lord, or the seven spirits of God that was just enumerated. Look at verse 3. Talking about the Messiah. His delight is in the fear of the Lord. And he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes, 
nor decide by the hearing of his ears. Did you not know your eyes will lie to you? Your ears will lie to you based on your predisposition? If you have a legalistic religious predisposition, I don't care what anybody does because you saw it, you're going to judge it your way rather than God's way. Because you heard it with your lying ears, you're going to think and believe it is so the way you think it is because you heard it with your ears. But said so Jesus wouldn't be like that. Jesus would be the one who says, judge not. Do not judge by appearances, but judge with righteous judgment. So when the Messiah would come, he would not judge by the sight of his eyes, nor decide by the hearing of his ears. With righteousness, he would judge the poor. He will judge according to every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Gets even better than that. I'm, I'm closing. John chapter 5. John chapter 5. John chapter 5. Gospel of John chapter 5. Look at verse 19. Jesus answered and said unto them, Most assuredly I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself. See, that's our problem. We think we can do what we want to do, when we want to do, how we want to do it, and we only call on God when we get in trouble. The Son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the Father do. Or whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. This ought to be our discipline, to do whatever Jesus would do. And not do it if we don't hear the voice of the Father. Now jump down to the 30th verse. It's more plain. Jesus says, I can do of myself nothing. I can of myself do nothing as I hear, I judge. And my judgment is righteous. My judgment is righteous. Why? Because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father that who sent me. Jesus says my judgment is righteous because I'm not trying to advance my own agenda in life. I'm trying to carry out the will of my Father. So this is why you're responsible for your guilt. You are the source of your guilt. Your guilt was produced because you made judgments apart from God. And you tried to justify that judgment because you said, I saw it with my own eyes. I heard it with my own ears. So you're better than Jesus because Jesus says, I don't do that. When I come, I will not judge according to the sight of my eyes, nor judge based on the hearing of my ears. Jesus says, when I come, I'm going to recognize that I myself can do nothing. But as I hear, I'll judge. And my judgment will be righteous because I've heard from the Father. I've heard according to every word that proceeds out of his mouth. I will not seek my own, Jesus says, but I will seek the will of the Father who sent me. Did you ever do anything or say anything that makes somebody really feel bad? Or did somebody say something to you or do something to you that made you really feel bad? So where was your focus? Was your focus on them, their words, their actions, 
or where you stand in on the Word of God. Join us Sunday at Agape Word Fellowship, where Dr. Jerry Maya Williams is your pastor, proclaiming a life-changing message of the agape love and power that God is. For more information, log on now at www.agapeword.net. 1430 South New Hope Road, Agape Word Fellowship.